0: The message today is entitled, Find Your King, Find Your King. And we're about to go into the festive season. In a month's time, the the builder's holiday will have uh, already occurred and things will be changing and we will be traveling and beginning to celebrate. But the most important thing in life is to find our king. And it's a wonderful time of the year to be open. To this revelation, open to discovering him in new and wonderful ways. Kings have different roles and multifaceted roles, and the role of a king is primarily to rule with the aim of protecting his people. And the role of a king is to unify a nation and to take care of the people. The role of a king is to provide a safe space where people can thrive and flourish. The role of a king is also to grow the kingdom and to maintain law and order. But the role of the king is also to bring blessings into the lives of his subjects. Now, we don't always understand this. We live in a democracy where we are citizens and in a kingdom we are subjects. And uh, perhaps we don't fully understand that. I remember years ago going to, going to England and visiting Windsor Castle. It's just a magnificent place. And uh, as I arrived there, what impressed me was the signboard outside where it said, Windsor Castle, home of the sovereigns for over 900 years. And I thought to myself, wow, isn't that amazing? we see this illustration, practically, of what I believe is just a foretaste of what God has in terms of his kingdom and him being our king. And the queen, at the moment, has served for close to 70 years, one queen with 14 prime ministers. And so we see a picture of stability in the midst of things turning and changing and, and in the midst of all we go through, we can know that our king is constant. Yesterday, today, the same. We can have complete confidence in him. And if you think about 900 years that the sovereign has lived in that castle, let's just put that into perspective. You know, it was in 1492 that Christopher Columbus encountered the Americas. And these these were continents never known to anybody in Europe, Asia, or Africa. And yet, more than 400 years before that, this family was sitting on this throne in that castle. And I think sometimes when we see that perspective, and then we take the eternity of God... I believe we can begin to see him in all his majesty. We can begin to see him in all his greatness. I believe, secondly, that humanity has this desire for a king. It's it's a strange thing. Throughout history, we, we read and hear about kings and kingdoms. The Bible is a story of kings and kingdoms. And we, we read about it in novels and stories and all the Disney, not all, but many of the Disney movies have this, this theme where there's a king. And so it's like it's, it's, it's somewhere there, this mystique of the king and the kingdom. And it's, it's perhaps not as popular as it was in the past, but there's still this fascination. There's this fascination with this aspect. And people are still fascinated to go to the Tower of London and see the royal jewels. It's like, wow, it's unbelievable. I wonder sometimes if we could look into God's treasure chest. Oh, what would we see? What would we see? Hmm. And perhaps that's why there's this thing in our hearts. I don't know. Modern times... The role has been taken over by political leaders and in most cases, they they failed dismally. And perhaps it's in the human DNA. Perhaps God knew that his kingdom would come and he would send his son, the king of kings, and and, and, and he wired it into us. I don't know. Because Jesus, when he taught us how to pray, he said, your kingdom come. That's how he taught us to pray. Because he knew that there would be this kingdom. will not you turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter eight. We're gonna read most of that chapter. And it's a story where Israel asks for a king. And as we read it, I believe there's so many lessons we can learn. 1 Samuel chapter eight. It says, when Samuel grew old, He appointed his sons as judges for Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel and the name of his second was Abijah and they served at Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways and turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. Doesn't that sound very similar to what we're facing? So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. That to me is such a tragedy. Such a tragedy. So the succession plan had failed. Now appoint a king to lead us such as all the other nations have. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord and the Lord told him, listen to all the people are saying to you, it is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. Wow. To verse nine, now listen to them, but warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will do. And Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king. And then he goes into a whole lot of verses telling the dangers of this earthly king. When God had a better plan, God wanted to be their king. And it ends in verse 18. It says, when that day comes, you will cry out for relief from the king you have chosen. And the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and go out before us and fight our battles. When Samuel heard all that the, Lord, all that the people said, he repeated it before the Lord. And the Lord answered, listen to them and give them a king. It's quite an amazing story, and um, it it has so many lessons in it for us. And uh, I'm aware that perhaps one of the lessons that we can learn is that God's ways are always the best. And I'd like to say, and this is my third point, that we can make our own kings in our lives. We can make our own kings. And sometimes when things don't go according to plan, or there's a bit of an upset. Now here they had an upset. The sons of Samuel had failed. They had not done the right thing. So there was this upset. And in the midst of that, they start wanting their own plans. And sometimes when we go through seasons in our lives where things don't go according to plan, we think, okay, now, um, okay, scenario B. Scenario B, I know better. And I can make something my own king. And so I want to encourage you, especially in times when you are maybe struggling, maybe you've lost a job or there's been some kind of breakdown in a relationship or there's some kind of thing, be be at those times most cautious and be careful of your choices. You see, the nation had become convinced that a king would solve all their problems, a physical king, if they just had some king. That would solve their problems. And that's how they had got to this point. And sometimes we must be very careful what we give authority to in our lives. We've got to be very careful. You see, we can give authority to our own ideas, to greed, to selfishness, to rejection, to hopelessness, and things that God does not want in our lives because the Lord desires that we would be free and that we would know freedom in our lives. And it's only found in Him, it's not found in our good ideas. The strangest thing of this story is that, and it's a lesson we can learn, is that sometimes God will actually give us what we demand. And in the last verse, in verse 22, it says, The Lord answered, said, Listen to them and give them a king. Sometimes the Lord will be gracious enough to give us the thing we want even though it's not His desire for us. He will allow that. I believe it's in the hope that we will discover what His real plan is. The fourth thing I noticed is that comparing ourselves to others brings disaster. And if you're sitting here comparing yourself to somebody else and their situation and their circumstances and their provision or their influence or whatever it may be, and you're comparing yourself to others, be very careful. Because you see, the nation of Israel had been watching all the other nations and thinking, okay, now what what do they have that we don't have? They didn't realize that they had God. But they would look over there and think, no, there, oh, wow, look, they've got a king. It's beautiful. Oh, look at them. Oh, man, look how prosperous they are. They've got a king. And they they wouldn't know their their own treasure that was theirs. And so we mustn't compare ourselves to others because what happens is comparison brings discontent. Discontent brings dissatisfaction. And dissatisfaction leads to the clouding of our judgment so that we can't make good choices. And that's the danger. In general, comparison just makes you unhappy. It makes you unhappy. And often the people you compare yourself to are sitting there thinking, oh, how blessed are they? (laughs) And so I want to encourage you, don't let comparison creep into your life. Don't allow it to come into your life because that's what happened in this situation. The other thing I see is that the place for kingship in our lives is reserved for God. The place for kingship in our lives is reserved for God. You see, God wanted to be Israel's king. God wants to be your king. When I was a child, I remember there was an illustration in one of the um, uh, evangelistic tracts or things that we handed out, and it was a picture of a throne I know this chair doesn't look much like a throne, but let's uh, just dramatize it for ourselves for a moment. And there was this picture of the throne with the person, the individual sitting on the throne and God standing next to the throne. And then there was a picture of the individual standing next to the throne and God sitting on the throne. And it was an illustration of how God wanted us to, to see things and how God wanted us to do things. And I, mean, I believe many people sit on the, on the throne of their lives. Sometimes we let other things come onto the throne of our lives. I'm just gonna put this back in my pocket, not because I'm afraid you're gonna take it, but I would hate to renew my driver's license. <laughs> but you see, that's what happens. That place in our lives is reserved for God. Some of us want to sit like this. You know, We'll give God a little bit of space there, but we'll just we'll sit like this. And then we'll just shuffle over when we think it's crucial. And I believe God wants to take the driver's seat. And you know what? He doesn't really like backseat drivers. Because he knows what's best. He knows what's best. And I believe it's his divine design for you and me. And within his... Divine design you will find happiness, contentment and fulfillment. Within his divine design you will find protection, provision, acceptance and the love that your heart so longs for will be found in his divine design. And so I wanted to encourage you today and remind you that each one of us need to find our king. That's what that song was all about. It was a song where this young man had discovered that his mother had discovered something. And he had to go on his own road to get to the same place where he found his king. And each one of us need to find our king. We need to find our king for ourselves. And perhaps that's the purpose of life. Is that in the midst of everything that we do and try, that we get to the point where we realize that, one, there is a king, and he is the king of kings. Two, that we need him in our lives. And thirdly, that we will make him king. By getting off our own thrones, abandoning our own high and mighty opinions, and embracing the fact that his ways are higher than our ways, but his ways are always the best. That's what I believe we need to get to that point. You cannot rely on the fact that your parents found their king, or your grandparents You have to find him for yourself. The title King of Kings is given to Jesus in the Bible. And I believe we are not designed to have any other but him as the king of our hearts and our lives. Our our mistake as humanity is not to want him as king. And perhaps the greatest moment is when we come to that realization. He's the king. And I want to be his subject. And I trust that you, that that will be your finest hour when you get to that moment. I found my king. Have you found yours? As I close... I just wanna challenge each one of us to go find your king. It's a challenge to you today. For the vast majority sitting here, I believe it's a settled matter, but perhaps if you were true to yourself, other things, perhaps the cares of life, the worries in the world, have crowded in and changed the dynamic And shifted the dynamic, perhaps. I believe it's time to put things in order. Perhaps others have relied on the fact that their parents knew God. And their grandparents knew God. And so, thankfully, you know, things are taken care of. No, no, no. We've got to get to that point ourselves. Perhaps you've never even thought about it. Perhaps as I'm talking today, you're thinking, I've never even heard this. Well, maybe now's the time to settle it once and for all. Maybe it's time to reach into the pocket of your life and take out your keys and say, Heavenly Father, I'm so sorry. Would you take me further? And may we all be able to declare with confidence, I found my King. And His name is Jesus. I wonder if you wouldn't just close your eyes and just think about these things as I, as I share them with you. He's not like any other you have ever known or trusted in. Perhaps today all your hope is gone. Then it's a good time to discover your king for yourself. Your King wants to come and restore your soul. He wants to make you whole right now and for eternity. His love is reaching out to you. He wants to speak and to make you free. He wants you to be completely His forever. He wants to come and sweep away all doubts and fears. He is the one you have waited for, the lover of your soul. And you can call his name, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. He will have mercy on you. And he will not turn away from you he is your only hope and he's come to set you free father we come to you in Jesus name I pray that each heart would be stirred whether it's a simple realignment that needs to take place whether it's a change of mind that needs to take place or whether It's a complete change of heart. You know, Lord, you're the king. And we come to you right now and we give you right of way and we say, King Jesus, come. Make those those changes. We get off the throne. We give you the throne. We give you the keys. We say, here we go, Lord. Take us on into all you have for us. And we pray together lord that we will find this as a fresh new reality even as the festive season as as we celebrate your birth and the and your coming like the wise men who came and said where is he born king of the jews where is he show us to him may that be our prayer may we experience it anew and in a new revelation and in a new experience that's what we pray i pray your blessing on your people now i pray that not one person in this room will be left not knowing who their king is and that together one day we will sit at your feet our king of kings and lord of lords i pray your blessing and your peace on your people now